You are Locked On SEC Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to your Locked On SEC Football Podcast. I'm Dave Hooker. He's Chris Landry of LandryFootball.com. Got to check out LandryFootball.com. Chris does a fantastic job. He's been an executive. He's been a coach. He's he's done it all, a scout at the NFL level, and he'll bring you the latest information when it comes to college programs, uh, when it comes to prospects. You've got to listen to the Locked On SEC Football Podcast, and don't forget about the Locked On Big Ten Football Podcast that you can check out in Locked On Sports, or you can uh, go to LandryFootball.com. It's a very easy way to find it, or you can follow Chris at Landry Football, or follow me at the Dave Hooker, and we'll have links to the shows each and every day. Each weekday, we're with you, and this is your Locked on SEC Football podcast. So let's get to it, uh, Chris. I think this will be much more exciting uh, than than Game of Thrones. Uh, so I'm looking forward <laughs> <laughs> looking forward to talking some some football. We'll start with the big lead. You got uh, Mississippi State, Auburn, LSU, Vandy. News and notes. What you got? Well, you know, the long-awaited uh, decision of Tommy Stevens has taken place. Of course, it's happened a few days now, but since the last time we've spoken, he has made it official. He's transferring to Mississippi State. Um, we'll, we'll see how this plays out. Obviously, with Katon Thompson and Jalen Maiden, they've got a couple of really good ones there, but Tommy Stevens, as expected, is heading back with Joe Moorhead. Of course, for our Penn State and our Big Ten fans, Sean Clifford now has the inside track to now that Stevens is officially transferred out of there uh, to take over for Trace McSorley. In uh, other Mississippi State news, big recruiting news. We should have some more news tomorrow as well, but they received the verbal commitment from four-star running back Jaquavius Marks, a 5'11", 190-pound guy, uh, really good get for them. Florida State, Penn State, Louisville, uh, North Carolina, all wanted this young man, top 200 uh, type overall prospect in the 2020 class. Guy can really scoot. So good uh, uh, news out of Mississippi State. And again, think they're headed and trending towards some more good news tomorrow. We'll keep you up to date as well. Auburn got a transfer from Youngstown State. Interesting kid, not somebody that's going to light it up, but he's a 6'4", 205-pound receiver. Zach Farrar, he's a transfer, he's a good player. Uh, at the Division One A level, um, he's a guy that's more of a depth guy, but he can be a pretty effective red zone player. In other transfer news, uh, LSU sophomore Calvin Joseph, fine corner. Remember, a big corner. We talked about those corners that LSU has been able to recruit and develop. Um, perhaps, of course, he was suspended for the Fiesta Bowl with the violation of team rules. Uh, had a pretty good spring. He has entered the transfer portal. Sometimes those guys change their mind. They're talked out of it. But looks like Derek Stingley is uh, in the lead for getting that other cornerback spot. But we'll see what happens right now. Calvin Joseph is looking to go elsewhere. Some other news that I wanted to mention just from the film room, Texas A&M. Redshirt freshman Caleb Chapman is an impressive-looking young player. 6'5", 214. Of course, he had the ACL last year. Watch this kid. This kid can really play, and I expect him to have a very good year. And some good news at Vanderbilt. Really like what I saw in spring practice tape with those guys, particularly the tight end Jared Pinckney, who I think is going to be one of the top uh, five or six tight ends in next year's draft of this uh, 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 senior class anyway. And then the redshirt senior running back, Keyshawn Vons, another guy to watch. So uh, while I don't know that it's going to be a great season for Vanderbilt, they've got a couple of weapons on the offensive side of the ball, Dave. 
Yep, and we're also going to go uh, around the country as well. We'll focus on the SEC primarily, but get you up to date with uh, all the news from around the country. You're locked on SEC Football Podcast. you got news out of uh, Baylor, uh, Texas, and uh, things are certainly happening, even though it's May. It is. Uh, just looking at some tape and what Baylor's done, Matt Rule's done a really nice job there. And they've got some good young players. I want folks to keep an eye out for a sophomore receiver by the name of Joshua Fleeks. It's really a speedster that's really starting to gel into their offense. Fun guy to watch. The redshirt sophomore running back, Abram Smith, is also a guy that's going to fit into the rotation. Now, they got Jamichael Hasty and Craig Williams, and uh, but this guy's going to be a good change of pace. Now, Williams is more of the speedy playmaker, while Smith can be that short yardage power back. But this will be a pretty good offense that Baylor's going to have this year. And, of course, if you didn't hear the news, it's a few days old, old now, but it's worth reporting that uh, Tom Herman has got a two-year extension that pushes his deal at Texas through 2023, it's going to basically give them a new five-year contract. The money's fully guaranteed. They'll earn at least $6.5 million in 2022 and $6.75 in 2023. So 17-10 and 10 in two years with the Texas, but they're, like the, they're liking the way things are going in recruiting um, and the stability of the program, and he's one of their own. So uh, giving him that uh, contract that uh, certainly – uh, make sure that everybody on the recruiting trails that knows that uh, he is their future, they've done so in Austin. I also want to ask you, if I can, about uh, DeAndre Francois, who transfers from uh, Florida State to uh, Lane Kiffin at Florida Atlantic, uh, which has become kind of the uh, reclamation university of the United States of America. So I'm curious how you graded uh, Francois as uh, he never really – uh, had things happen right for him at FSU. Yeah, he didn't do a whole lot that you expected him to do on or off the field to prepare himself for the situation. And um, I think that, you know, Lane has certainly been successful with quarterbacks. Certainly uh, this guy's a young, talented uh, player that, you know, for a program like that, they're not going to normally recruit a player of this ilk to have someone like this that is looking for a home. Um, it's a good get for Lane. What he's able to get out of him, it's going to be interesting to see. All right, coming up, we'll have a recruiting report. Also, we'll go into the film room, a scouting spotlight. So coming up, we'll talk Tennessee, LSU, Missouri, and Florida. It's all going on right here on your Locked On SEC Football Podcast. You are Locked On SEC Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back. You're locked on the SEC football podcast. I'm Dave Hooker. He's Chris Landry of LandryFootball.com. Let's turn to the recruiting report where LSU and Florida were chasing after defensive tackle Anthony Hunley, but he ends up at Miami. What did LSU and Florida miss out on? Well, he's a really good young player. I think he's very underrated. A lot of people have kind of given him that three-star. I, I think he's a little better than that. I think he's a red-star guy, red-grade guy, actually. Uh, I, I think he's he's undersized. He needs to add some bulk, but I really like his quickness. Anthony Hunley is is a guy that I think can be a really good one-gap penetrator, and Miami's done a really good job. They've got nine commitments for the 2021 class. It's among the best, top two, three in the country. So Manny Diaz is doing a good job. You mentioned LSU Florida really liked him a lot. Um, this kid's really good, and I think the the Hurricanes have got a very good one here, and that's what they've really lacked is 
on the defensive side of the ball, they've not looked quite the same there. But uh, we'll see if that holds up or if the, the Gators and the Tigers can get back in it at some point. But Anthony Hunley, keep an eye out for him. I think he's an underrated prospect. If you're Florida, are you concerned about Manny Diaz being at Miami? No, I, I don't. I mean, listen, I think he's good. And, you know, they've done a good job. In fact, we're going to get into it probably a little bit tomorrow. But they've they've gotten some good news recently. You know, of course, the last week wasn't a very good news cycle for them. But already by the weekend, they've started to improve a little bit. They, their recruiting is going pretty well. I think that Florida right now is only chasing right now Georgia. And that's been their focus is their talent level needs to get to that to get to the level of Georgia's. We know that Dan can coach very well, but Miami and Florida State are nowhere near Florida right now in terms of a program and even in terms of the talent level. I do think Manny's doing a good job. Uh, I think there's enough players in that state uh, to where I think that Florida can still go get theirs and still have an elite class. Um, there was a time where all three of those programs had top five, top six recruiting classes in the country. That can happen again. I just think this maybe may, maybe is more of a good sign that maybe Miami can slowly develop a little bit of a return with a talent level that maybe could make them uh, a more of a player in the ACC. Yep, and uh, there's probably be enough players in Dade County alone mm-hmm. to, to supply the three Florida teams. So uh, let's get to the film room. We're going to talk Missouri. Senior offensive tackle Yasir Durant, your thoughts? You know, he's a really intriguing young guy. He's uh, close to 6'7". He's definitely in that 330-335 range. Um, grading them out and, and looking over my film grade notes last year and, and, and looking at some spring stuff, the guy really moves well for a guy his size, and you always have to look at it. He allowed uh, the fewest quarterback pressures among the returning SEC tackles. Now, that that's just a stat, but it's an indicator of the guys that are coming back. He does a really good job, and they do a good job, did a good job with the quarterback last year, Drew Locke getting the ball out quickly. But this guy's a physical guy. Uh, You know, he was a highly regarded junior college prospect out of Arizona Western, and he's developed into a really good player. I'm not sure he's a left tackle feet for the next level, but I think can be a really good player for them. Uh, Obviously, with Kelly Bryant, uh, they're going to need him to play well um, up front so that he can – uh, work the passing game and get the running game going. But keep an eye out on Yasser Durant, a, a guy that's very underrated. And the more I look at him, the more I like him. Are there some positions that you can just be too tall at from a, a leverage standpoint? I see six seven, and, and that's that's getting pretty up there. Well, for offensive tackle, for a right tackle, that length is fine because that means that they're long and they can get – they can reach defenders without the defenders getting into them. Where you have a problem with height guys, to me, would be like defensive tackles. Uh, because if you're that tall, you're long levered, and you lose leverage inside. So if you're an inside guy, I would not want my guards to be 6'7", ideally. Um, now, if I'm, a, if I'm using a, a pulling guard, it's one thing. But if I'm, if I'm running a lot of man-blocking schemes, you lose a lot of leverage. So in other words, even though you're strong, if you're that tall, guys can get underneath your pad. So uh, I think the tackles are fine. Interior guys, ideally, I'd like them a little bit shorter. And serm- same as on the defensive line, uh, a, a long defensive end, if it doesn't affect their speed and their balance, that's fine. But you get a defensive tackle that that's tall, 
same thing. They'll lose the leverage battle to a guy that's 6'3", 6'4". So I worry about him in the interior line on both offense and defense. All right, coming up, we will have a scouting spotlight. We'll look at a Tennessee safety. You probably don't know his name yet unless you're a big Tennessee fan, but you're going to learn a lot more about him here momentarily. He's Chris Landry of LandryFootball.com. I'm Dave Hooker. Stay tuned. More after this. This is your Locked on SEC Football Podcast. Welcome back. He's Chris Landry of LandryFootball.com. I'm Dave Hooker. It's time for your scouting spotlight. We turn to Knoxville and take a look at safety Jalen McCullough. Size and athleticism that uh, Tennessee fans were excited about in the recruiting process. And um, he certainly looks to be a player. What did you think of him when you broke him down? Well, I thought, you know, I liked his high school tape. And then obviously talking with the coaches, he's done a really nice job over there in terms of preparing and working as young guys take a little time sometimes to adjust to it. But it really put on some tape in the spring game and some spring practice tape. He does have that size and athleticism to be a playmaker for them. Thought he did a really good job. He's a big safety, covers a lot of ground. He will get physical, will come in, he'll he'll force against the run. Um, if this kid continues to work and has a good summer, uh, he can be a big part of Tennessee's defense. They need more playmakers on that defense. And this is a guy that can be a bell call leader in their secondary potentially because he's a two-way player. He can he can cover well enough. And, again, I, I think the quicker guys are going to give him some issues. But, you know, he's got enough length and enough uh, quickness to be able to cover uh, deep, but he can really come down and be physical. So Jalen McCullough is a really interesting player that I'm looking um, – to see what he can do for the Vols this year. Secondary as a whole for Tennessee mm-hmm. has a chance to be has a chance to be pretty good. Two sophomore corners as well. Um, what do you see their future being? Well, I listen. It's it's a long way to go. I worry about their overall depth up front. But you're right. I think there's some guys in the secondary that can play that can cover. Um, they're going to need more of those playmakers. No question about it. Would you? What you need to see out of that uh, of a, to develop a defense that's really good is you need to get enough bodies to be able to rotate, be able to play the run, be able to rush the passer, uh, to be able to wreak havoc up front. Uh, to me, the ability to be able to create havoc up front is the real key to a good defense, and then you got to have the playmakers behind it to make plays. And I think they're they're on the right track, but they got a it's a long path and they got a long walk to go yet. Yeah, a good defensive back doesn't look really good if he has to cover for 10 seconds. So, it's Locked on SEC Football Podcast. He's Chris Landry. I'm Dave Hooker. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll talk to you tomorrow.